Bible reading is Psalm 96, page 483 on the Pew Bible. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, church. Uh, it's my great privilege to be um, sharing God's word to, with you today. Um, and also really encouraging to see lots of familiar faces. Um, if you have your Bibles open today, um, keep that open. Uh, it'll be really helpful as we go through the passage together throughout the talk. Um, but before I pray, uh, before we start, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that in your word there is life. So please help us today. Please help us understand your word in this psalm. Uh, work in our hearts to not only see but to believe. Uh, please change our hearts so that we can love you and honor you more each day. Amen. All right. Now, I know I don't know a lot of you guys, a lot of new faces. Um, but I'm going to ask you a really personal question. You might feel a bit intimidated, but have a think about it and get back to me. Uh, what would you consider to be the greatest song of all time? The greatest song of all time. What would it be? Think of one. It's, it's no big deal. Uh, if it's a lame song, you'll just be judged forever. So, what was it? Was it... Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. Bryn? No? Was it a classic Backstreet Boys song, I Want It That Way? Or maybe you're a bit old school, you're a bit old like Dan Kong, and it's a song from ABBA or the Rolling Stones. I wonder what was your criteria. Did it have to be meaningful? Did it have to have good melody? Maybe you picked your song for its lyrics. Or maybe it's one that you always sing at karaoke. If you asked Elijah, it would be Shotgun or the Alligator Song by George Ezra, wouldn't it be? Well, today we're going to discover the greatest song of all time. No, not Shotgun, but Psalm 96. Not because it's hip or because heaps of people sing it at karaoke, but because it's a song with the best lyrics. It's a song that anyone and everyone can sing. And my aim 
And God's aim for today is for you to join along and sing it because it's the greatest song of all time. If your Bible's open, uh, we'll read some of it together. But when I read it, um, try and hear and feel the lyrics because after all, it is a song. Follow along. I'll start from verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Did you notice it there? In verse 1, at the very beginning, did you catch it? It's quite subtle, but there's something quite unique about this song, about this psalm. It's a new song. You see, new songs are quite rare. You'll find a total of eight new songs in the whole Bible. And God's people sing a new song when there's new deliverance, when there's new rescue. And so it makes sense that they sing a new song, doesn't it? And how did God rescue them? Look at verse 2. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. It's because of this salvation that they sing a new song. If you read 1 Chronicles recently, you'll find in chapter 16 that this song is actually part of a much bigger song that was sung by Israel to God who brought them salvation. You see, it was when David finally received the reins to be king and then he led God's people to defeat the mighty Philistines. And in doing so, they finally bring back the ark of God. That is the place where God dwells. Can you imagine that? Finally, God's king leading God's people with God. No wonder they sing a new song. They can't keep it in. It's a song of praise, a song that adores, admires, and applauds their God because he saved them. When the news finally came that the Second World War was finally over, hundreds and thousands of people burst out to the streets. They bursted in jubilant celebration. And they celebrated for two whole days. No work for two days, just celebrating. There was singing, there was dancing, and there were even fireworks. For this was a tremendous day, a day worth celebrating. And that's what it was like for King David and the Israelites, bursting with jubilant celebration. Praise God because of his salvation. Salvation is the motivation the song. Now, I used to be a massive Delta fan, and by Delta, I mean Delta Goodrum. I loved her first album, Innocent Eyes, I know you remember, and I couldn't wait for her next album. The thing is, it took her forever to release it. But when Delta finally fell in love with Brian McFadden, do you remember? This new experience, this new love inspired her to write a new song and to release a new album. Her motivation was her new love. God's people's motivation was salvation. And can you think of a better motivation than that? 
It's because that they've been saved that they sing. The greatest motivation for the greatest song of all time? Tick. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. For, the great, for, the, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. As they continue singing, they proclaim that he is the one true God. They sing that he's above anything and above anyone. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. Did you notice it there? An idol. That's an idol. So idol, did you rescue the Philistines when they cried out to you? Nope. But the Lord Yahweh did. He gave Israel victory. Idol, can you create, can you make stuff? Nope. Matter of fact, I was made by you. But the Lord Yahweh, he made the heavens. He made everything. Now, idol, be honest. Are you great? Should you be praised? Nope. Don't be silly. I'm a chunk of wood. But splendor and majesty are before the Lord Yahweh. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. No one else. Our God is the one true God. All the gods of the nations are like this idol. They're wooden, they're dead, they're useless, and they're worthless. Here, their subject is God, the one true God. The greatest subject for the greatest song of all time? Tick. And now they sing this hit to each other. Let's continue the song. Verse 7. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering, come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. You see, God's people are singing to each other. You notice it there. As they sing, they're encouraging each other to worship their God. Together, ascribe, give God what he deserves. Hey, everyone, give him glory. Give him what he deserves. Our worship, our offerings, they sing. And they remind each other of his character. Our God is holy, they sing. Set apart from anyone and anything. So brothers, tremble before him. Tremble before this God. And that's the beauty of singing, isn't it? The beauty of singing together. As we hear each other sing, proclaiming truth and words with conviction, we encourage each other as we sing. It reminds us that we're not on our own, that we're actually part of something bigger. And that helps us to worship 
and adore our God, doesn't it? We have King David leading God's people singing a new song to each other. But that's not all. King David doesn't just want them to sing this song. He doesn't just want his people to sing this song. He wants the whole world to join in. The whole world to join in. Let's finish off the song. Verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with iniquity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the, let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He'll judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Did you catch that? Did you see who they're meant to sing this song to? Look at verse 10. Say among the nations. This song is to be sung to everyone, to all the nations around Israel. In fact, it's instructed throughout the psalm. Look back at verse 1. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Or verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his wonderful works among all people. And finally, in verse 9, tremble before him all the earth. You see, it's a worldwide song. Every single person declare his glory. Every race, every ethnicity, tremble before him. But isn't that a bit weird? Isn't it a bit weird? They've just defeated the nations. The the Philistines, now they want to sing to the same nations. Isn't it a bit weird? And I mean, it's not a song where they, they mock the other nations, like, we are the champions, no time for losers. It's not that. It's actually a song that invites them to join in and praise their God. You see, as God's people receive salvation from God, they learn of who He is. That He's so big. He's not meant to be kept to themselves. He's meant to be known and worshipped by everyone. Their God is a cosmic God. He is the God of the nations. And He's also a good, fair, and just God, isn't He? Do you notice the last thing that they sing to the nations? He judges the people fairly. Do you notice that? God is a God who will uphold the righteous. He'll judge the wicked. He loves the oppressed and he'll take care of the widows and orphans. I mean, who wouldn't want to worship and praise this God? And that's what we do when we praise someone, isn't it? We tell that person how marvelous and great they are, and we tell others how marvelous and great that person is. You might be surprised, but that's how I grew up, with lots of praises. In an Asian family, whenever you achieve anything, or or whenever you achieve the top marks, really, 
You were praised, right? You were praised. But more importantly, you were praised among every auntie, every uncle, every friend, every relative, any stranger. We praise the person and we praise them to others. So nations, praise this God. Join us, join us and sing to this God. The greatest song of all time, because everyone can sing it, that's got that covered. And finally, the ending of the song. That is also a bit weird, isn't it? The heavens and the earth rejoicing, the sea resounding, the fields exulting, and the trees singing. Is this a scene from the Lord of the Rings? Let's hope not, because I hate that movie. (laughs) Don't worry, it's not. It's still the greatest song of all time, and it has the greatest ending of all time, because it ends with a picture of great, joyful hope of all creation eagerly hoping for this one true God of the nations to return to judge everything and everyone. And he'll do it with righteousness and faithfulness, did you realize? In other words, all creation is waiting for God to fix everything, to make things right like he promised. You see, as creation looks around, All they see is decay. All they see is death, destruction, and sin. So they can't wait for God to fix it. No wonder the sea is resounding in joy. No wonder the trees are singing. What a beautiful ending. It's beautiful, isn't it? The greatest ending for the greatest song of all time. So, We have the greatest motivation, the greatest subject. Everyone and anyone can sing it, and it has the greatest ending. This has to be the greatest song of all time. It has to be. It's sung to the one true God, sung to the nations. And it's fitting, isn't it? The God of this magnitude deserves it, doesn't he? Again, you might not believe this, but before I met my wife, Carmen, I used to be quite unhygienic. Some people will call me disgusting because I rarely showered uh, once or twice a week if I'm not lazy. But when we got married, she would force me to shower every single day. Every single day. And man, was that hard. Oh, it was a massive sacrifice. But for her, I did it. And she'll praise me for my efforts. Matter of fact, every time that I showered, I will fish for her praises. I thought I deserved continuous streams of praises for showering. But in retrospect, uh, showering every day is actually a basic human responsibility. I probably didn't deserve her praises. But my friends, God definitely deserves praises. Continuous streams of praises all the time. See, God's people are meant to praise God from their heart 
with sincerity all the time. And their king is meant to lead them in praising God from his heart with sincerity all the time. But we know this doesn't happen, does it? Not always from their heart, not always with sincerity, not all the time. God's people and God's king fail to give God what he deserves. Do you remember? It's not long after this that God's people chase after idols. It's not long after this that David falls into sin, Bathsheba. And eventually he dies, doesn't he? And surprise, so does every other Israelite leader. They don't ascribe to God the glory due his name. They don't sing to the nations. No king ever did it. No priest, no governor, no leader. And sadly, I think if we're honest, we also can't sing this song. We also can't sing this this psalm. No one can actually lead us sing it perfectly either. There's no one that can do that, is there? We all sin. We all fail. We all hog the glory. We all fail to declare our God to the nations. God's people don't truly sing this song. God's king doesn't truly sing this song. And we don't truly sing this song. The greatest song of all time that no one can sing. It's a tragic. It's a tragic, isn't it? I wonder, is there there anyone that can sing it? Would anyone like to stand up and say that they can sing this song and lead it? Is there anyone? The answer is yes. And it's a resounding yes. You see, a thousand years after the event of this psalm, we meet another king, another leader, another singer, someone who can truly sing, someone who can truly lead this psalm. And this king, this person, this singer, is King Jesus. You see, he's the true singer of this psalm. This leader worshipped God all the time, praises God with sincerity from his heart, with every word of his lips, every action of his life, with every affection of his heart, all the time. You see, he gave glory to his father. He proclaimed just how great he was to the nations. He is the one that truly sings this psalm. You see, King David, he was a shadow. Jesus is the true singer, the true song leader. And so you'll find at the end of his life in John chapter 17, when he was on the cross about to die, he was able to say with all his heart, with all sincerity, Father, The hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you 
For you grant him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. You see, Jesus is the one who brings glory to God. By finishing the work God gave him to do. You see, it's the work of the cross. The work of the cross. This perfectly praises God. By trusting God in complete obedience, it perfectly glorifies Him. It sings praises to Him. So because of His work, His obedience, Jesus can perfectly lead us, the nations, to sing the greatest song of all time. And this song is for you. It's for you. Do you know this one true God? Because this God wants you to know him and praise him. I mean, who better to know than the glorious God who created everything? Who better to praise than the one who truly satisfies your soul? Who better to worship than one who saved you? God wants you to sing this song, to truly believe the lyrics and sing these lyrics, to follow the lead of his son, Jesus. Regardless of who you are, where you are from, how you feel about yourself or about God, even if you rejected him your whole life, worshipping and fearing man-made idols, whether it's career, relationships, or success, in all your sins, you're invited to join and sing with your voice, with your heart, singing to the one true God of the nations, singing to him personally with confidence, because after all, you sing with Jesus. God's son as your leader. He leads you. Will you sing? Will you join? You see, I I really love singing, although I suck at it. I really love singing at church, especially when it's a song that really resonates with me. But there are times where I don't enjoy singing. Usually it's when I don't feel worthy because of the sins that I've committed and I don't sing. I remain silent. I don't feel like God will accept me, accept my praises. And I think for a lot of us, we often feel this way, don't we? But this psalm has taught me that I can sing, that God does accept my praises not because of me or my singing, but because of his son, Jesus, who is next to me, leading me as I sing. So when God hears me, he doesn't just hear my off-tune singing, he hears the voices of his children. And isn't that 
amazing. Think about it for a second. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, God always accepts you. Always accepts your singing, your praises. What wonderful good news that is. What wonderful good news. And as you hear of this salvation, your response should be like the psalm. Singing praises to God, singing all the time. It should be bursting out of you. People around you should be duct taping your mouth. Definitely mine, because you can't help yourself but sing. Can't help yourself but praise this God. But this psalm isn't just talking about singing, is it? It's calling us to respond in praise. After all, that is what singing is really doing. It's praising God. And praising God is a whole life thing. So Jesus invites us to praise God with our hands as we adore, obey, and enjoy God, with our hearts as we admire, desire God, and with our lips as we speak of God to the nations. My friends, this amazing God needs to be shared. The nations need to praise his name. A couple months ago, a brother of ours, John Allen Chow, you might have heard of him, paddled his kayak towards the beaches of the North Sentinel Island. It was his third time trying, third time trying to reach the shore to tell the people of this God. But on his last try, the third try, he was shot and killed by an arrow. You see, this caused great controversy. What a fool, people said. These were indigenous people who were known to be violent and highly isolated. Leave them alone. Don't be silly. You see, he'd previously been chased away with arrows. Isn't that enough of a warning to stop bothering them? Truly, it looks like complete foolishness, doesn't it? And even to us Christians, it can feel like stupidity. What a waste. But whatever you make of it, one thing is clear. John was certain that the God he knows needed to be shared to the people who shot him. The God he knows is a God of the nations. He wanted every tongue and tribe to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And countless other martyrs before him wanted the same thing. So, my brothers and sisters, consider how you sing to the nations. Let the story of John Allen Chow challenge you. The nations need to hear. You probably won't do exactly what John does, but what can you do? How can you tell the nations? Maybe you need to tell the gospel to your international friend that you know. Maybe you need to consider setting aside a portion of your giving to overseas mission. Maybe you can get to know and encourage an overseas missionary and partner with them 
maybe you need to consider going yourself. Whatever it is, our God is a one true God of the nations. How are you singing of this God? Who are you singing this God to? For there is nothing better to sing about, no one better to praise, no one better for them to know. No song better for the nations to sing. Let me pray. Our creator God, we thank you that you are the one true God, that there is no God beside you, and that you're a God that is for the nations, that everyone can know you because of your son, Jesus. We're sorry for times where we don't praise you. We're sorry for times that we don't praise your name to those around us, to the nations. Please help us to praise your name in all our lives and give us the urgency to tell of the people around us of this one true God. Amen.